Hello, everybody. Uh, good morning, good day, good evening for whoever you're joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Andy Le uh, Madonzela, and I'm still your host. And I'd like to welcome you to the second episode of the AEN podcast. If you're still wondering who the AEN is and what we are all about, please make sure that you refer to the first episode and come back to this one because we do have a great one for you. So today's episode is about EITM as a career path for young people. So if you're watching the first episode or listening to the first episode and you're wondering, okay, so how do I get involved, especially as a young person, this episode is for you. Uh, we still want to hear from you, so please make sure that you still uh, interact with us on all our social media platforms using the hashtag AEN podcast. Uh, like I said last time, we are everywhere. We are on LinkedIn, we are on Twitter, we are on TikTok. You will find us everywhere. So without wasting more time, I'd like to introduce today's guest. Uh, and uh, his name is Dr. Luvuyo Chalisa, who works as a policy specialist at the Department of Water and Sanitation in South Africa. Hello. Hi, Andile. How are and you? Um, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so I know I said in the first episode that we are not about like uh, like uh, qualifications and when you got your qualification, but you recently became doctor. Yes. Tell us about that journey. How was that like? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was not easy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but um, I, I started, actually, um, it's an interesting story. Mm -hmm. I transitioned from anthropology. Okay. I did my master's in anthropology, environmental anthropology. Mm -hmm. Then I remember having a conversation with my then uh, supervisor, Dr. Karina. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about transitioning towards the evidence base ah. and um, with anthropology and their obsession with ethnography it was not a great feel for me so i moved towards development studies and uh, that's where i could apply the issue of evidence and also mm -hmm. the issue the methodology of systematic reviews so I did that, and uh, yeah, it was uh, a long, I think, four years, uh, ups and downs, uh, mm -hmm. but finally uh, I got the PhD, even though it was not easy. So yeah. <laughs> congratulations, congratulations. <laughs> uh, so now on to the very fun bios that I have. Uh, the first one is that Luvuya is one of the many exports from Eastern Cape. Uh, so I have two friends from the Eastern Cape, so I know that Eastern Cape people are solid people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, the second one is that he loves protecting the environment, but is not a fan of nature. I'm pretty sure I speak for everyone when I say I need you to elaborate. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> one. Uh, you know, when you come to Gauteng and yeah, all yeah. these uh, uh, urban areas or urban provinces, uh, many people in those provinces, uh, they like doing this thing of hiking and doing all yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It, what fascinates them? For me, uh, it's not because uh, I did that. Uh, I was forced to do it because um, we used to go and look out for the cows and sheep and everything. So yeah, yeah, hiking yeah. for me was like an, an upbringing process. So I don't like that <laughs> aspect. I love nature in yeah, terms of protecting yeah, yeah. the environment. But in terms of going and seeing sightseeing no it's it's not my thing yeah, i've done that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've done that a long time so i'm not about to do it now oh yeah okay i get that uh so on to some icebreaker questions are you ready for these ones <laughs> no but yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't worry they're nice ones. so the first one is 
what is your all-time favorite song? So for me, there are certain songs I tell my friends that, you know yeah. what, if I die and you play this song, yeah. I'm going to come back. I might come back. What is that one song for you? Uh, no Regrets by Eminem. Ooh, so that, okay. That's, no that's regrets my by favorite. Uh, if you play even at my funeral, uh, maybe I might come back. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my favorite song. Uh, no Regrets. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, the second one is a bit deep. Needs you to think a bit. So what is something that you learned the hard way over the years? Like it took you a while to learn this lesson. Uh, yeah, ne? Um, yeah. I've always been this shy person. Okay. And um, I remember when, when, when I was in grade 11 or something, there was an opportunity for me to get into the TV space. Ooh. And I won't name <laughs> which channel and whatnot, <laughs> but I was too shy uh, yeah. to do that. And um, that's when I also realized that, nope. Then there was also, uh, during the varsity years, mm -hmm. um, I wanted initially to do law, okay. uh, but I realized I won't be uh, 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 that good because uh, it needs you to be in front of people speaking. And uh, yeah, that's why I decided, nope, it's, it's, it's not me. But over the years, then that thing uh, fell off and mm -hmm. uh, I'm now confident I can speak in front of I don't know Ooh. how many people. So that's the hard thing mm -hmm. I've learned uh, throughout uh, the years and I've lost many opportunities because of that. So yeah. Get that. Um, and then the third one is what is a new habit that you're trying to cultivate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are, are you trying to lose weight? Are you trying to work out? Are you trying to eat healthy? What is that new habit that you're trying to cut? Uh, I've started, uh, I think, earlier this month. So mm -hmm. it's around the 18th right now. Uh, exercising. Uh, I'm doing skippings and okay. whatnot. So that's the new habit. I don't know because sometimes... I skip the days, and uh, but sometimes I do uh, focus on it. But yeah, that's the habit I'm, yeah, I'm trying, trying to. to yes. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the fourth one is uh, this is a fun one, I think. Uh, so if you could invent uh, a holiday, what would it be, and what would you call it? A holiday. A holiday. Yeah. Holiday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You, uh, <laughs> yo, I, holiday, um, holiday. Mm. We already have so many holidays. Come eh? on, invent uh, a new one. A new one will mm -hmm. be, uh, <laughs> no, it will it, it sound somehow. Let me think of another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I was going to say National Nudity Day, but uh, not that. Um, it can be. Uh, a reading day. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Uh, that will suffice, a reading day. And what are we doing on reading day? We just uh, read. We just read and uh, we uh, dissect uh, complex uh, uh, terminologies. You read a book, I read something, then we explain what we have read uh, mm. then so that we can share that particular knowledge. I think that would uh, be good, but uh, I don't think it would be feasible because we are not a reading nation. We could be, we could be committed to that. Okay, the last one. So I think this one would be nice because given where you're from. So what is the best phrase or like piece of slang 
from your hometown that you can teach us that is the best one? Teach us a slang or like a phrase that people say. A slang or mm-hmm. a phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, that people say from your hometown. From my hometown. Yes. Uh, Dizoti. Okay. Um, there's no direct loose translation uh, uh-huh. for that, but what it means is that sometimes those who are doing um, uh, something bad, mm-hmm. they don't see it. Okay. So that's why you can go around doing up until someone points it out to say, mm-hmm. uh-uh, you need to fix this. Then, yeah, that's where people will start to realize. So, yeah, that, that would be the, okay. the craziest. Okay. Thank you uh, for teaching us a new, <laughs> a new slang <laughs> then. Uh, and, and that's it. Those are the... Uh, I speak our questions. Not bad, right? Yeah, they're very intense, but <laughs> <laughs> they're not breaking their eyes. <laughs> uh, okay, on to the serious questions. Now we're being serious people. Okay. Uh, we are speaking to young people specifically uh, who are interested in, the, in, in in a career in evidence-informed decision-making, yeah, in yeah. EITM and whatever you call it. Uh, but maybe let's start there. What, what would you say EITM is yeah, to yeah. someone who's never heard about evidence-informed decision-making? What is that? The term itself explains it. Um, okay. It, 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 it's, I would say it's about the utilization mm-hmm. of different sources of information, mm-hmm. including um, research that is based on evidence in order to inform the decisions, mm-hmm. whether it's a decision in the policy-making processes, mm-hmm. the implementation, and also the reviewing of the policies. So it's mm-hmm. about... Um, that uh, use of these different sources of information and also the evidence, uh, research evidence, so that you make a particular decision. So that's how um, I would explain it to someone mm. who've never heard uh, the term. It's quite clear. Okay. <laughs> and how did you how did you find this world of EITM? Because now that you're working in the space, how did you? Because n- there's no child in creche or, or yeah. kindergarten who says, "When I grow up, uh, I wanna be." Uh, in evidence, it's uh, new. <laughs> it's new. How did you find it? And uh, the interesting part about uh-huh. it is that it started in 2016 for me. Okay. When I was an intern at uh, UJP Cure. Okay. Uh, and uh, at that time, uh, I remember uh, my supervisor for masters, which is Dr. Karina. I will always mm-hmm. make Hi, reference Karina. to Dr. Karina because, yeah, she's like a living God for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoke with Prof. Ruth. Then I became an intern and whatnot. And uh, we were preparing for Evidence 2016. Yeah. That's when I learned about the space on evidence and whatnot. Then I became interested. Mm-hmm. That is why in 2018, when I graduated from my master's, I, we sat down and started to move towards the transition or transitioning towards the EIDM and uh, uh, doing a PhD on it. So ever since that, I've been learning uh, what uh, the then ACE, uh, now uh, the SACE, have been producing, mm-hmm. including AEN in terms of what they publish and whatnot, and how do we then institutionalize within the government. Yeah. So I've tried to do that, and uh, yeah, uh, that's how I... I, I 
became or I joined this particular space. Okay. So it's it's a long one. Yeah, a long one. <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned institutionalizing EIDM in, within the government space. So yeah. what role do you actually play within the uh, evidence? So we spoke about this on the previous episode, the African evidence ecosystem. Who are you? Are you a knowledge producer? Are you a user? Are you a policymaker? It's difficult yeah. because uh, I see myself as both the producer mm-hmm. and the user. Mm. Producer in a sense that I do conduct um, a, a research on this particular uh, space. Yeah, yeah. And the user, I'm a policymaker who uses evidence to make policy decisions. Mm-hmm. But uh, on a professional note, I would say I'm a user uh, because okay. that's where most of my focus is. Uh, I'm a user of, of, of evidence within this huge ecosystem. space. So, yeah. <laughs> so as a young person in this sector, what are some of the issues that you feel strongly about? So what is that one thing that you continuously advocate for? Oh, um, I, maybe if I can call it the decentralization of the evidence ecosystem. Mm, uh, that's yeah, because... Uh, we always see this dichotomy between um, the researchers who are the producers of evidence and also the the users who would be termed the policymakers, mm-hmm. where there is that linear way to mm-hmm. say, no, it's only the, your academics, the researchers who can inform policies, giving this notion that policymakers are unable to do the research on their own mm-hmm. and that they are unable to inform the researchers on what topics um, are in need or there is a gap, but we want to fill it with a policy uh, document on that. So decentralization of that, but also taking into account that there are different um, uh, forms of evidence, Mm. including the knowledge from the local people. It can be counted as evidence itself. So decentralize the evidence ecosystem. Mm. Let's do the collaboration there's no linear way. We are moving away towards that uh, old uh, approach where it's just researchers informing the, 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 the policymakers. Let's use a cycle where mm-hmm. we inform each other, we collaborate, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we want to make a change. Yes. So, yeah, that's, and only that's together can we do that. Together, you see. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what are some of the important lessons that you've learned over the, over the years uh, that you can share with young people that are interested in studying the, in the uh, sector of the ADM? Um, it's, 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 a new, it's a new field mm-hmm. and uh, it has many opportunities. Mm-hmm. While we are looking at the issue of 4IR now, people mm-hmm. are talking about AI the 5IR. There's a lot that is happening in the technology space, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot that is happening within the evidence ecosystem. Definitely. And uh, the nice thing is that even the government in South Africa has seen an opportunity in this particular space. Mm. Within the presidency itself, they are embracing the issue of um, evidence-informed decision-making uh, ecosystem. Uh, various national departments um, are also embracing this uh, new phenomena. So there would be opportunities that will come in in, in the near future. And uh, you know that uh, even though um, we have, um, uh, there's a revolution in terms of Mm -hmm. what is happening right now, with regards to the use and the generation of evidence, we still need young people to do that. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You look at the chat DBT and whatnot, all these new technologies, uh, they, 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 they are not that strong in terms of what the EIDM uh, ecosystem at large can do in general mm-hmm. in order to inform uh, the decision-making processes. So young people come in, tap in into this new space. You, you won't regret it. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the same. <laughs> you would not regret it. <laughs> but then how do they start? Well, what's the starting point? Oof, what's uh, the starting point? The starting point, because with that ecosystem, I, I'll be frank, it doesn't need lazy thinkers. I'm sorry mm. to be frank. Uh, <laughs> so it needs people who um, uh, are not afraid of reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are not afraid of having questions, mm-hmm. people who are always curious, mm-hmm. because you read a lot in 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 this space, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of evidence that is coming through almost every day. So the starting point is um, uh, on 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 the educational system, mm-hmm. uh, how you position yourself, because I'm. Um, I mean, environmental anthropology is yeah. by, 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 by training then transition to this uh, particular space. And uh, as you've already indicated, no one uh, grows up and say, I, my dream is to become an evidence producer or whatnot. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's a lot. It's also dynamic. Mm. You can uh, do any field but also participate within the ITM uh, space. Definitely. So it's it's it's... It's 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 a multidisciplinary um, approach and processes. So you can start by getting a degree. That's that's the starting <laughs> point. <laughs> then you can transition or position yourself uh, in, in 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 the AITM space. Uh, engage with uh, various organizations that are playing a particular role in this particular space. In South Africa, we know the AEN. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go there. They also post even the, what you call, the the post uh, mm-hmm. available um, uh, positions mm-hmm. and scholarships. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's the starting point for the South African space. So, the other <laughs> in Africa, yes, you can still utilize the AEN because yeah. it's it's in Africa in general. But yeah, um, I would say look uh, look out for for that. Go to their yeah. website, be curious, do your own research. Definitely. Then you'll be able to enter into, into this particular space. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, last question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you see the future of EITM? Uh, you, you just mentioned uh, for five uh, five R apparently just mentioned chat uh, chat what's what. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> where do you see just the future of EITM within the many things that are happening in the world? I think uh, I would start by saying the future looks bright, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, the the nice thing about uh, EITM is that it's not only focused. Yes, it started in the the health uh, system. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not only focused on that. It has transitioned over the years, and uh, I've already indicated that it's dynamic in its nature. It can mm. uh, be involved in any space, whether you are looking in terms of the technology, the utilization of the technology itself, 
and uh, the applicability of the technology. You are looking at whether it's logistics, whether it's policy decision making, whether it's in the environment, protecting nature. So that's where it is. It's almost everywhere. We mm. cannot pinpoint one um, uh, uh, one point to say yeah. this is where it's going. It's it's almost everywhere. Yeah. So as we change as the world, the IITM is also changing. So it informs almost everything. Definitely. So that's where we are going. So we're moving with the <laughs> with the world. <laughs> Okay, thank you for that. Um, one last, last question. So how do you want to be remembered um, uh, in the future? What do you want to, when people think about your life and sort of your contribution that you've made in the AITM space, what do you want them to think about or remember about you? Um, yeah, I know it's a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, let me start. Um, mm. In general, um, my laughter Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm always laughing. Mm -hmm. So uh, my supervisor even says, my former supervisor Paul, mm -hmm. even says that uh, there's a Luvuyo laughter. So yeah. I laugh in a certain way. So that's that's the one in general. But within the evidence uh, space, um, mm -hmm. I would like to be remembered as someone who tried his best uh, to institutionalize the I. E, uh, the EITM within um, the government. It's not easy. Um, there, there, there are lots of pushbacks, especially mm -hmm. from the old generation. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, trying to institutionalize and mm -hmm. uh, ensuring that the government uh, takes this thing uh, very serious. So that's the only thing uh, I would like to be remembered uh, with. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, you just g gave us the Luvuyo laugh. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's cold in Joburg. Uh, <laughs> thank you so, so much for taking the time to come in and, and, and share this knowledge with us, speci yeah. specifically for young people that are interested in the uh, EITM space. Uh, and to you, our listener or our viewer, thank you so much uh, for tuning in to the second episode of the AEN podcast. Please make sure that you do stay engaged with us uh, on all our social media platforms using the hashtag AEN uh, podcast. Uh, and then uh, I'll see you again on the next episode. Thank you so much. <laughs>